a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. We're super excited. Today, we ha- it's been a while. I was sick last week. Uh, apologize for that. We, we pushed a few of these back, and we're really excited today to get going again. Um, our guest today is somebody that I just met not too long ago, so obviously we're best friends now. Exactly. And- <laughs> uh, her name is Sherry Cutler. Sher- Sherry, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So happy you would come. Um, now, Sherry, your husband just got elected to the House of Representatives mm-hmm. here in Utah. We are, I, I have for a long time wanted to have a show with spouses because it's a unique, it's a unique thing in politics to be the spouse of an elected official, and I don't think we often get that perspective. And so, it's been something that I've I've looked forward to for a long time. So happy you're here. But let's let's start with you and your story. Um, tell me about yourself. Tell me about where you grew up. Tell me about your family. Um, let's go in that way okay. back machine and, and talk about all that. Okay, great. Oh my gosh, there's so much. <laughs> good, good. That's what we think. Like. Yeah, we're going to try and swing this back onto somebody else. But um, so I grew up in Utah. I grew up in Davis County mainly. I'm the oldest of five children. Um, I grew up in Bountiful, Utah, um, and had a great childhood. I have great siblings. Um, I went to Bountiful High School. Played a little basketball. (laughs) I know. I know, right? Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, And then went to BYU and got a degree in business education with an emphasis in marketing. Wow. And then taught high school for a couple of years uh, up at Northridge High. Mm. And that was an interesting experience because I was – Four years older than my seniors, right? Wow, yeah. <laughs> you don't think about this, you right? Do when you, you do first not start. think about this, yeah. yeah. So, but I felt so much older than them, yeah, yeah, which was interesting because a couple of them asked me out. So oh dear! Was... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I know, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because now you know some of my best friends in my life are like that age, right? Like right. just like four years younger than me. Anyway, I loved that experience. Loved teaching high school. Um, in between there, between graduation and, um, teaching high school, that's where I met Paul. Okay. We were set up on a blind date by his sister-in-law and my mom. I'll do a quick little. So basically an arranged marriage. Yes. It was an arranged marriage. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's kind of a cool story though, because, so Paul's the youngest of 10 and, his older brother and his family moved into our ward when I was like, I want to say 12. Mm-hmm. And she was like my young woman's advisor. And, but I never knew that this younger brother even existed, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is probably good, really. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so one day she and my mom were talking, and they put two and two together that Paul was served or had served in my mom's brother's mission in Korea. Okay. So my uncle's mission. So they decided we should be set up. So that's mm. how that happened, and it was very quick and very apparent. That we were going to get married. So, mm. so in between there, we got engaged, and I taught the first um, half of the year engaged, and then we got married in November. Um, so, taught at Northridge for a couple of years, and then I had my first child, Rebecca, and then quit to mm. stay home and raise my kids. Um, I have Rebecca, who's now twenty-seven. Sorry, honey, if that's wrong. <laughs> I always Let's have to remember. See, how old are you? I always have to remember the year. I'm yeah. like, I always, actually, no. she's turning 27. That's what okay. It is. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and she is married to an amazing guy named Kyle, and they live in Lubbock right now. Mm-hmm. Going, he's finishing up law school, and they have my one grandbaby, mm-hmm. who is adorable. She was born on my birthday. A birthday buddy. I know. Not even induced. Like, just oh, happened. So it's meant so to be. We are BFFs. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and then I have another daughter who um, is 24, and she just got married a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago. Um, they're both down at BYU. He's an amazing guy, too. Thrilled with that. Um, and then I have a son who's 21 and just returned home from a mission last July. Mm-hmm. And he's now at BYU as well, hanging out with his siblings. And then um, and then I had a little baby. His name is Ashton. He had trisomy 13. Mm-hmm. And he lived for about half an hour. Oh, so we gosh. have a little angel guy there mm-hmm. that's like very involved in the family still. Yes. And we miss him. But, um, so then I have Taylor who's, he is, um, in seventh grade, 13. Hmm. Um, but because of our baby that we lost in there, there's this big gap. So it's been interesting for him. It's like being an only child. Wow. Okay. I, that was a lot. That was, that was fantastic. <laughs> it was perfect. Exactly what we wanted to hear. Um, I love that. And I love that, um, you know, it's, it's, I love that, you know, this, this having that special child that you, that you have and, and is still part of you and, mm-hmm. and, um, is just beautiful. We've been, you know, as you know, we work a lot with, um, our special Olympians and, um, yeah. it's dear to my heart. So I know that, you know, as parents, um, we all go through different things and, and, and Absolutely. our families, help shape us yeah. who we are and yeah. and that's really fun and having a younger one all by themselves mm-hmm. is we're experiencing that right <laughs> yes, now you not, are. probably not quite the gap four years yeah. but yeah. yeah all four years of high school we're hanging out mm-hmm. with her and mm-hmm. she's about done with us so mm-hmm. i think i think taylor feels the same and yeah. he's got a ways to go with us yeah. still <laughs> he'll get used to it he'll yeah. get used to okay, it okay let's hope uh so fun well um so tell me a little bit about your journey to go into education. Okay. Yeah, just talk a little bit about, you know, what what that decision was like. Okay. Um I First of all, let me just say I was just so shy mm-hmm. growing up. Like Really? Just 
Yeah. I'm actually an introvert. You would never guess. No, I would not. <laughs> I know. And everything is so different. Introverts, extroverts. There's so many um, like variables, I feel oh, like. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's, I'm different in different situations, totally. I feel like, Yes. In some oh, ways totally. Too. Me too. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. So anyway, I um, never really thought about it. And then when I hit high school, I had some amazing teachers, but one in particular that I I'm thinking of was my calculus teacher and my physics teacher. His name was Doc Harvey. Hey, Doc. I think he's still kicking out there somewhere. Um, He was awesome. He was such a good teacher. And I was just kind of drawn to like, we need better teachers, right? We need really good teachers. And then I think I came by it. um, Honestly, my grandmother was a teacher and my grandfather was a teacher. And then my mother, she taught, um, it's now Salt Lake Community College, but it was trade tech back when she was mm-hmm. teaching there. She taught English. So I think it was already in my blood a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I had to overcome this talking in front of people. Yeah. Thing, right. Yeah. <laughs> and especially high schoolers. Yeah, it's yes, terrifying. I know. Isn't that so funny that I picked high school? Yeah. But I, I, I just, I love that age. I love that age group so much. Um, So anyway, that's kind of what led me to it. And I just, I love it so much. That's amazing. Yeah. I had a high school teacher, English teacher that would say he he was a PhD. And so, I mean, like he's one of the smartest people, Mm -hmm. so talented Mm -hmm. um, that I knew. And he was teaching high school in a little rural high school. Yeah. Just because he loved it. And yeah. and it was so great. And he said, I remember one time people would always ask him, why do you, you know, why are you teaching? He could be at any university. Yeah. He could be doing yeah. anything he wanted. Yeah. He was at this little rural high school. And he said, uh, I just really like high schoolers. They're almost like real people, <laughs> which I thought was really good. Yeah. They're a yeah. little, you almost. know, a little yeah. half-baked. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So I, I, I always love that. Well, I want yes, to get I into talking a little bit more about... Um, some of the stuff we've been up to yes. uh, together. Yep. Okay. So we'll do that when we come right back. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. We're back here with Sherry Cutler. She is a new uh, spouse to a new... You're not a new spouse. You're a new, not a new spouse. You're yeah. a <laughs> spouse of a new legislator. Let's put it that way. Um, and first of all, let's let's talk about that part. Let's do it. What... I mean, I think my my long history of a political spouse is, is well documented. Um, and so... 
I kind of I've been in your shoes, and so I I, I know that's why we connect. At least one of the ways yeah, we connect. For sure. But talk about what that decision was like to run. Talk about, you know, maybe the, what led up to that. And and then talk about how it's been so far. This is your first session. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're almost at the end. Tomorrow's the last day of the session. Yes, <laughs> we got this. <laughs> it's time for everyone to go home and yes. relax yes. and calm down. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, your journey there. Okay. So um, first I'll go back to Paul's mother. So Paul, um, when Paul was five years old or six, his dad passed away. Mm. So he was raised primarily by his mom. Ten kids. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them were older than him. Like he has nieces and nephews older than him. It's a okay. whole thing. We can, yeah. Well, no, I understand. We totally go I come from a family of ten. So there so, you go. Yeah. So yeah. I you get, get it. it. You yeah. totally get it. Yeah. Um, but his mom, one of the things that she instilled in him was this concept of um, being active in the community. Mm. She wasn't necessarily like there in person, but if she had an opinion or an idea that she wanted to share, she would write letters to the editor. She would write to her legislators um, Mm. and just try to stay active that way and, and, kind of instilled this like if you're if you have a problem with something then maybe we get involved so that we can find a solution kind of wow. a thing right novel idea yeah i know it's it's crazy <laughs> so just yelling <laughs> yes exactly yeah out into the void yes. or out into social media yes. yes oh my gosh yeah we both have stories yes <laughs> anyway um so he when we came back to utah um we lived in texas for a while and we came back to utah he finished his executive MBA and then he decided he wanted to run for city council. Like he always wanted to kind of like his mom instilled in him, have a voice and feel like he was making a difference in his yeah. community. Right. Yep. So he ran and won and did that for eight years and then took a little break mm-hmm. and then um, was asked to run for mayor and so we did that for four, and he um, was going to run again and filed, and then we prayed about it, did not feel good about running for a second term. So mm-hmm. then he took another little break um, and then decided to run for legislature. And that one was actually, he kind of always wanted to do something at the state level mm-hmm. after having such a great experience the um the more local level right yep and with that experience having been you know the the local level and being able to transfer that and understand where the local people are coming from and then take that up to the state level so that was that's kind of you know, yeah. he'd probably be able to tell you more but <laughs> no that's a, and i'm sure that decision together i mean i'm sure yes, i mean for it's, sure Involves the whole family. Yeah. It involves yeah. a lot of absolutely. You know, you have to prep for a lot of. Um, you know, I don't. I think it's there's probably always been this some element of of sort of the negative vitriolic mm-hmm. rhetoric that that you know goes on in the public sphere. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we're in it right now. It just mm-hmm. feels a lot more. Um, and there's more yeah. avenues. Yeah. I think you yeah, know as far for as. Sure. 
social media goes to to really um, be negative and and mm-hmm. and also positive too. I mean, I, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know if, if this is your experience. I remember when Spencer was first in the legislature. I, I remember so many people i don't know how you you know your husband can be up there with all those you know terrible people and and i yeah. and i just took every opportunity i could to say actually mm-hmm. our experience has been very different our experience yeah. has been that these are some really incredible people yeah you may not agree with them or they agree yes. with certain positions on certain bills or whatever but you but the vast majority of them are in good faith, yeah, working on something they believe yes, in. Yes, hundred percent. Oh my gosh, yes. I yeah. <laughs> how how has it been as far as have you gotten those kinds of comments or have you gotten um you know negative? Have you seen some negative stuff? Um yeah, I mean there always is, right? Right. Um, and you've been in the local government, which again, like yes. even I would say, you know, see if you agree. Even worse in a lot of aspects on that front because. When you're the mayor or the city councilman or something like that, it's so personal to people that oh, yeah. the issues that they're dealing with. I yeah. mean, like it's the cemetery mm-hmm. or it's the I mean, people <laughs> yes. get real, real yes. worked up about the cemetery. This, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, we had a cemetery thing going on in Centerville. Too. It's a thing. It's it a, is thing. a thing, Abby. Not just in Fairview. <laughs> no. Uh, no. The weeds, the, yes. you know, like. We had the deer. We had a deer, deer thing going on. Yes. Eating people's tomatoes. Yes. Stuff. Right? It's important. And I always thought, you know, like, it, I always have this this moment where I'm like, I wish that's the most upsetting thing that. Yeah. That in my life. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And that, <laughs> that my tomatoes were being eaten yes, by deer. Like yes. that oh, would be my goodness. Yeah. If I if I could get that upset about something like that, <laughs> wow, that I must life must be pretty yes, good. Exactly. I had this one experience that this totally goes to what you're talking about. Um I I'm not going to say like the exact specific situation that was going on because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. But there was um, it gets hard sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I might even get emotional. Um, Anyway, he uh, stuff was going on and there lies, you know, people say things that aren't true and all of that. So super fun. Um, And I remember having this moment Shortly thereafter, after after coming through the other side, and and um, the current president of our country, um, his wife and oh my goodness, sorry, his wife and daughters were um, under attack, yeah. and I did not vote for this president, but I have such compassion for these families. Yep. Like, do you recognize this is these girls' daddy that we're yeah. talking about or the girls themselves? And I just um, I just want people to, to remember that mo- for the most part, people are just humans. Yes. <laughs> well, all of them are humans, yes. but, <laughs> but they're just humans and they're all trying to do what they think is right. There are outliers for sure, but yeah. remember that they have families and the humanity of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad you, you brought that up. And yeah. that, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I mean, I've, I've met, you know, Democrat presidents. Yes. I've met Republican yes. presidents. I've yes. met, you know, 
Democrats in the legislature, Republicans. I'm yes. telling you, like all across the board, I, that's why, you know, for Spencer and I, it's been like, we, I don't love the label of, of yeah. party because yeah. to me, again, it is exactly like you said, it's humans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether we disagree or, you know, whether we agree or whether we, violently agree (laughs) yes yes. (laughs) there's that or violently disagree (laughs) Disagree. um we do have to remember Mm -hmm. that and that's why i love to do this podcast and i'm so Mm -hmm. glad you brought that up and it's why i wanted to have you on here because i want people to understand you know this point of view yeah that that regardless of whether you agree or disagree with somebody we they do have families yeah and they do have dearly held beliefs yes yes and also that some of the things you hear you know before you lose your mind yes oh my goodness yes ask what the real story is because for the most part it's usually not what you heard even if you hear it from a beloved church member (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yes it may not be true still. It may not and not be to true. throw them under the bus either. Like we don't sometimes we don't know where the source is. That's and so go to the source and yes. And and also um for me, you know, we come from a really small town and and when I you know, during our campaign and since you you see somebody that, that says something really terrible about you mm-hmm. that you knew that you know yeah. and maybe you've Maybe we've known him our whole lives. Yes. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, wait. but you know him. Yeah. Yes. Like, you know you're his like, heart. Yes. And yet you're going to believe some stranger on yes. Facebook rather yeah. than the person yeah. that you know and love. Yeah. Why are we not going? No way. Yeah. No way would this be him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or there must be yeah. a reason why. Yeah. He voted he, this way yes. or why he supported this. Yeah. There must be something, yeah. something you know, and it. I think that's that's a good lesson for all of us in everything that we do, because I mean, I work so much with kids in schools and, and again, you as a, a former educator, kids are watching yeah. and they're watching our interactions yeah. with each other. And and what I see is devastating. If I'm seeing all the stuff, they're mm-hmm. seeing it, too. Oh, for sure. And they're watching terrible behavior being modeled. Yeah. And, and that's destructive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to get into some really fun stuff that we've been okay. doing together. And we'll do that when we come right back. We're back here with Sherry Cutler. Her husband, Paul, is a new legislator. And we've been talking all things political spouses. And one thing that we've been doing uh, the last several years is um, doing a service project with all of the legislative spouses. And, I, and it's seriously one of my favorite events that we do so all fun. year. And so and I think partly is because that across the aisle type um, mm-hmm. yes. feel and, yeah. and actual, you know, logistically, yeah. it's, it's people from both sides of the aisle. Um, I know it's always tricky to get um, a lot of our male spouses there, mm-hmm. But I love when they come. Uh, I love, you know, having a diverse group there Mm -hmm. together. It's really fun. Um, So I just I'm going to have you tell a little bit about what we did this year because it was super fun. Oh, my goodness. It was so fun. So we put together like family. What would you call them? Family night. Like, yeah, connection. Yeah, connection kits where. Um, our cute foster families would have a kit where they could play games and have some snacks and just connect um, 
with each other and have some time. You know, there's a lot that that goes into managing a family and running a family, especially when we have a situation like foster care. It's not always easy. It's very beautiful, but not always easy. And to be able to have some um, some activities for them to do where they can just have fun. Yeah. So we put those together, and then we made um, we put together some valentines and little bears. And you'll have to remind me which went to who because I can't remember. Yeah, so we it, it's fun because you know the organizations that that I work with is, are Utah Foster Care and Raise the Future are two to, two of the organizations that we work with in the um, the foster care space or the child welfare space. Mm-hmm. Um, one so. The Utah Foster Care is the one that we put together the kits for. Okay. They, yeah. They're a great organization where they um, recruit and retain, you know, help retention and training of our foster families. Okay. And so those are the where we were – those are where the connection kits went to, the family connection kits. And then the Valentines, Raise the Future works with our population of kids who are – Waiting for families. And yeah. and it's such a heartbreaking situation where there's kids who have been in several different placements and they don't have permanency. Yeah. So their parents' parental rights have been terminated and they don't have a home. They don't have a permanent so place to be. Yeah. So they end up in sort of these group home situations and and they have a lot of distrust for the system, as you can imagine. Yeah. So we did some Valentine's kits or Valentine's for little bags for each of those kids um, in in that in that population. So it was super fun. It was so fun. And then we got to have lunch, which was fun. But I I was so touched by the panel that we got to listen to. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So we had um, two ladies who were current foster moms, right? Correct me if I yeah. get this yep. wrong. No, that's okay. right. And then we had one adorable human, I can't remember her name, who was in the foster system and aged out, yes. as I recall. Mm-hmm. And she now works for foster care, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and and I don't remember. Our, we had the mediator guy. What was his name? <laughs> Do you remember? No. I remember his name. Okay, it's all good. <laughs> anyway, um, he asked them questions about their experiences and um, and what it was like for our one adorable person growing up in foster care, and now her turning around and working in um, that space. And I just these people are angels. Yeah. On a, lot of, a lot of tears. Yes, lots of tears. <laughs> I had lots of tears. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because it is, you know, it's one of those places, like I was just saying, it's beautiful and painful and amazing and all of those things. And there are very few um, situations like that. Yeah. And the depth of feeling and the depth of love that people can um it's carved out of them. If yeah, that makes sense, yeah. right? You that ability yeah. to feel that deeply towards someone. Anyway, I was just I was touched. I loved it. It was awesome. And and you know it's it's interesting because I get so many people say to me, and I think there were a lot in that room kind of saying this to themselves, like, I don't think I could ever do that. I don't think mm-hmm. I could ever, you know, 
bring somebody in my home knowing that either they're going to be reunited or, you know, that I might not keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, those of us who are parents, who are mothers, who, who know the depth of feeling as it relates to motherhood yeah. um, and parenthood, I, I, I think, you know, and I've documented this on my, on this podcast, but, you know, as a, as a gestational carrier, as a surrogate, mm-hmm. um, there's a there's this interesting moment when you're trying to um, sort of thwart the most powerful bond in nature, yeah. and knowing that this child is not yours, yeah. but still trying to have the trying to be the person that child needs in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think the foster that's I, I relate to foster mm-hmm. mothers in that. I mean, it's a very different type of situation, but yeah, but same, same. Yeah. I mean, different, but same. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think those feelings of us and I think we're afraid yeah. of those feelings sometimes yeah. of being hurt. And so mm-hmm. we, we shy away from, hey, I don't I don't want to get involved in that. That's that feels like it would. It's too painful. It's too mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I shared this experience that day about my my friend who who got a foster child, a baby, an infant, and you know lots of infertility, and this was a great moment. Yeah. And not knowing is she keeping him? Is she not? Is you know is this baby going back? What you know you just don't know. Yeah. And I remember her just going through this turmoil, and then one day I was talking to her a few weeks in, and she said, "You know what." She's like, I finally came to this really peaceful moment where I could say it doesn't matter whether this child is leaving or staying Mm -hmm. because what this child needs right now is all the love Mm -hmm. I can give him. Mm -hmm. And in this moment, whether it's a long moment or a short moment, Mm -hmm. this child needs me to be his hero, yeah. yes. his yes. protector, his yeah. love, and give him everything I possibly can. So I, that's yeah. what I think was beautiful as oh, we yeah. heard those stories, yeah. right? Yeah, and I feel, um, as you talk about that, like the situation with the baby that I lost, we found out early on, um, you know, that he wasn't going to live, but we didn't know when. Oh, so we're carrying a baby and, you know, the, the idea that I could lose him at any time during mm-hmm. the pregnancy – and having those same feelings, like it's like, all right, well, right now, we're going to connect, right? And yes. similar to being a surrogate, like, okay, this is where we are right now. We're going to connect. We're going to give all the love. We're going to spend all the time we can, rather than worrying about future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just do the best we can to connect. Yeah. The other thing that I loved um, that you talked about at that um, event was the concept of. There are so many ways to help, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like maybe the fit is not that you become a foster parent, yeah. but maybe the fit is that you support your support system. And interestingly, you know, many of us go to church around here and we have similar things set up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it seems like a natural thing where maybe um, maybe you take the kids for a night. Maybe you bring in a meal. Maybe you recognize that they're going through something hard and um, send them a note. Yep. You know, everybody can get involved in some way. 
That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's we're you know, through our, our work with with our um, in this foster care space, that's this idea of care communities. Yes. Yeah. Um, being a part of somebody's care community mm-hmm. that's doing this work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can all, we can all do something. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think, I think that's really a, a big part of what our work is. Mm-hmm. Um, talk a little bit before we, before we end here, talk a little bit about, um, Maybe the experiences that you've had with other spouses in the legislature. I mean, we've had this, but mm-hmm. talk a little bit about. I, I think people don't realize it is kind of a a fraternity or a sorority, yeah. and and yeah. it feels like it's an interesting uh, place to be. Yeah, it's like you have an instant family, which is fun, and <laughs> it's one of those tricky ones where it's like. Uh, here are 74 people for you. Like, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. Have a, know have all a their names yeah. together. I remember teaching high school and I couldn't remember, like it took me forever to remember my students' names. But, um, but it's, it's awesome because you show up and there are always people that, you know, come sit by me or whatever, right? Because when you're a newbie, yeah. it's that, it's that state where you're like, ah. It's, it's funny to watch because we, it, it really is. And, and we've all been there. We've oh, all been yeah. there in kindergarten. Yeah. We've all been there. If yes. we moved, we all went to middle school. Yes. We all went to high school. And that, yes. that's scary. And and if the funny thing is, it feels a lot like it's that. It's the same. It is. It you is. don't you don't ever grow out of this. No. And when, the, when you're in the legislature, it is. It's like, I'm a freshman. Do yeah. I have friends? Yeah. Who's my lunch buddy? Right. Someone's going to stick me in a locker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end. Oh, it's so great. By the end of the session, yeah. even that first session, yeah. I mean, the la- you have to understand, like, the last night of the session, and you'll get this tomorrow mm-hmm. night, it's a blast. Yeah. Because you, so there's fun. the pressure's let out of the room, mm-hmm. the pressure's off, mm-hmm. everybody's come together. We've all fought over all the different bills. All the things. And this is what people don't understand in the general public is that even though we're disagreeing, vehemently disagreeing on a lot of issues, mm-hmm. when it comes to that last night, people yes. are genuine friends. Yes. They That's really what are. I love even though about I've. It. I've disagreed with you on this issue. Mm-hmm. We are still friends. Yes. Yes. And that's what the public doesn't see, yeah. which I wish they had. I they wish could they did, too. Yeah. They they kind of take what they see maybe nationally. And we don't, again, we don't even know. Like, we don't really know. People need to know. They don't really know. But yeah. sometimes we kind of take what we hear in the news nationally and we assume that everyone hates each other. Yeah. And um it's not that way, at least not here. <laughs> it, it isn't in my experience. It really isn't. Yeah. In fact, I was um, I was talking to the Senate president a few weeks ago, and he was going on and on and on about this new Democrat legislator mm-hmm. that he just thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, that's that's what people need to yes. see. I wish yes. that everybody had a little glimpse into yeah. what you and I have seen, which yeah. is that you know, it's the sausage making. It is. It's really hard and it's mm-hmm. really messy. Mm-hmm. And that's the process. Yeah, it is. But in the end, we really all are trying to do what we believe is right. Yes. And we really are friends yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> Thank it's you, so Sherry. Good. This has been a delight for me. And again, these are making friendships like this. Yeah makes everything worth it for everything we do in politics and so i appreciate you coming on and and speaking about this with me today thank you so much for having me it's been so fun thank you (laughs) thanks a gun in the face 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.